Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. All right, we are in a new series called Truth Bombs. I, I forgot about that when I was preparing my message, but then as I started to share my message, I'm like, yeah, some of these are they're kind of truth bombs. So uh, I want to be sharing today about burdens, and the title of my message is The Burdens We Bear. So I want to talk about the burdens that we carry. You know, there are some burdens that we are, and burdens and responsibilities that we're actually meant to carry in this life. But then there's a lot of burdens and responsibilities that we were never intended to carry on our shoulders, yet we find ourselves carrying them. And then we wonder why we're burnt out and burdened and feeling overwhelmed. It's because we're carrying things we were never meant to carry. And so we are supposed to be people of peace. Whether we are carrying the burdens we're meant to carry or not, we're supposed to be a people of peace. Because the Bible tells us in John 14, 27, it says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So because we're meant to be people of peace, when we don't have it, we have to ask ourselves why. And I think sometimes we can't find peace because we are over burdened by the burdens that we are carrying, many of which were not intended to carry. And so I want to talk about that, that today, and I'm going to be reading from Galatians 6, verses 1 through 5. It says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. So I think at first glance, this scripture could actually seem a little bit contradictory. Because in verse 2, it says that we're supposed to bear each other's burdens. And then in verse 5, it tells us for each of us should bear our own load. <laughs> and so um, they're not being contradictory. It's hard to fully understand what the scripture means until you dive in a little bit more of what those burdens and those loads actually mean. And the first time that word burden is mentioned, it actually means a very heavy load, a difficult load, a crushing load that an individual is not meant to carry and cannot carry alone. So when we see that first burden, it's a crushing load. Someone's being overburdened. It's crushing them and they cannot stand unless someone comes alongside and shoulders the burden with them to create some space for them, to create some breath for them so they could have time to process, to heal, to be restored, to be redeemed so they can get back on their feet so they are strengthened enough to carry their own load that God needs to give them. And so we are supposed to do that as believers. We're supposed to come alongside when someone's under a crushing weight to, to help care for them in their time of need. But sharing the load with somebody else is never meant to be a permanent situation. Sharing and coming alongside someone is supposed to be a temporary situation, not permanent. And it's supposed to be a shared responsibility with the other person. 
And this is biblical and this is right. 1 Corinthians 12, 26 talks about how we are all a part of the body of Christ. And if one member suffers, we all suffer with it. And in Psalm 55, 22, it talks about how we're supposed to cast our burdens onto the Lord. But this scripture in Galatians also tells us that for a time, we can help cast our burdens and share our burdens with other fellow believers. We're supposed to look after one another in a crushing season. But the second time the word burden is mentioned, it actually means that it's, it's supposed to be an individual's burden to carry. It's meant for them to carry on their own. It's a responsibility for them to fulfill alone that, that is between them and God to manage. And when it talks about the weight of that load, they actually measured it when you do a study of the words. It's almost like a soldier's backpack, like the weight of a soldier's backpack. I mean, it's got some weight to it. You know it's there. It feels slightly burdensome, but it is not overbearing. It is a manageable load that you alone are meant to carry and to not share with others. And so as believers, we have to use wisdom and discernment when it comes to whether or not someone is experiencing a crushing weight or if this is a load that they were meant to bear on their own, their own responsibility. Because not every situation that people face, every struggle people face, we, we're called to come alongside and help shoulder that load. We have to discern whether it's a, it's a load that they, needs to be shared or or a load they're supposed to carry. And just because someone else has to is carrying a difficult load right now doesn't always mean that you are the one that needs to come share it. Because remember, we are part of the body of Christ and sometimes there's a, another person's more fitted or suited that is able to share that load. It doesn't always have to be you to share the load. Because what I find is people that are overburdened, they tend to be exhausted, and they say things like, well, I have to. Well, I have to do this. No one else can do it. I have to do it. And coming from a very experienced burden bearer, an inappropriate burden bearer in the past, my husband still to this day, when I get into that language of like a victim, like I have to do this, I have to go this, I have to go have that meeting because I just don't know, and I, will, I, get, I have to go make a visit to that person, and, and my husband's always like, oh, you have to? And he gets sassy about it. He's like, oh, so, so you're the only one? that can do that? Can someone else not have that meeting? Can someone else not go pray for that person? Does it have to be you? Because I was in a pattern of always it was always me and I was always finding myself over, overburdened and worried and, and um, under, under what I felt now a crushing weight because I was trying to carry too many things. He's like, oh, 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 do you have to do the laundry or can you actually share that load with your children? Amen, hallelujah, for child labor. <laughs> oh, do you have to stay up late and pack their lunches, or can they pack their lunches? Like, do we have to, or can other people do that? Because what we have to realize is the more things we carry or shoulder for other people, then we are limited on what we're able to carry in our own lives. So again, don't hear me wrong. We, there is a time and a season where we're meant to come alongside and shoulder. And again, it doesn't always have to be you, but it needs to be somebody. But then there is a time you have to realize 
if, if I carry all of these burdens and weights and share the load for all of these individuals, then I am limited on what I can do. So then I actually, we actually can forsake that second burden and that thing where actually we're not able to now accomplish the sole things that God gave us to do. Our responsibilities, the thing that God says only you can do, no one else can do that. Because no one else can be a wife to my husband. No one else can be a mother to my children. No one else at this season has been named central regional pastor. There's certain things that God has entrusted me to do and to do on my own that I am meant to carry. But if I am so busy picking up and sharing everybody else's burdens when other people could actually do that, I'm not able to carry the load that he has given me and me alone to do. So be very careful how much we shoulder if we're forsaking what's meant for us to do on our own. Amen? So as believers, we have to use wisdom and discernment to, to understand if it's a crushing weight or if it's their responsibility to carry alone. And as believers, we also have to discern if, if we have been shouldering someone else's load for a little too long. Because we can get really weary when we shoulder other people's burdens for a prolonged period of time. And we also have to discern if whether while we were shouldering and helping and coming alongside the other believer, if at some point they abandoned post and here we are carrying all of their burdens on our own. It's supposed to be a shared weight. We have to have discernment. And when we don't have discernment and we do these things, we become out of balance, overly burdened unnecessarily by things that we were never meant to carry. But I find that a lot of Christians, because we're we love one another, and we know we're supposed to help one another and be there for one another. Sometimes we don't have the discernment or the balance to determine what is a healthy level of help or not. So we find ourselves burdened and worried and troubled about many things. And in Matthew eleven twenty eight, it says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So my prayer for today in this message is that God would help us see where things are out of balance so that we can regain some balance in our life with the burdens we're intended to carry and we can find rest for our souls. Amen? Because Matthew 28, 30 says that his yoke is easy and his burdens are light. So in order to keep our burdens light, we must not carry other people's burdens for a prolonged period of time and we cannot take them on alone. So I want to say this and I want to say this in the midst of church leaders, of ministers, and church members. Be careful to not pour out your anointing on people who are only willing to take one step but want you to go 99 for them. I, I can say that again, Pastor Jeff. <clears throat> Be careful not to pour out your anointing on people who are only willing to take one step but expect you to go the other 99 for them. And I believe Dr. Brian would call this helper's fatigue. When we cannot put in more effort towards someone's issues and burdens than they are willing to put in for their own. Amen? We do, we do not do ourselves or that other person any favors when we come alongside and make them dependent on us instead of helping them learn how to be dependent on God. We need to point people to Jesus, who is their Savior. We are not their Savior. 
But when we try to be Jesus for people and inappropriately carry other people's burdens that weigh us down, we will exhaust ourselves. And we'll exhaust ourselves because we are now doing this in our own strength. God, like I have said before, and I will say it again, God is not going to give us grace and mercy if we are too prideful to think that we can take his place. God's not going to give us grace and mercy. It doesn't matter how much you pray for it. Lord, help me carry all this. Lord, help me. Give me strength. Give me rest. Give me peace. He's like, nah. Why am I going to bless you with those things when you are doing something that is out of alignment with my will? He's not going to give you grace for things that you were never intended to carry when you are trying to play Jesus. When we try to play Jesus for people, I'm telling you, it always backfires. It always backfires. And let me tell you how this plays out. And I'm sharing this message today partly for selfish reasons because, well, first of all, I find myself very much in this story, these stories that I'm sharing, but also I have these conversations all the time, one-on-one. So I thought, you know, I'm just going to address it publicly from the platform. Spare myself some weighted burdens of many conversations. So this is usually what happens in this situation. It's a common scenario that's repeatedly played out, and it played out in my own life for many, many years. When someone doesn't have a healthy balance or understanding or biblical understanding of what their role is when it comes to shouldering other people's burdens and taking on responsibilities, they usually will find themselves overextending themselves for other people, and they begin to actually identify as what we would call a rescuer. So when someone else is going through a difficult situation and you have someone that doesn't understand the healthy biblical understanding of what we're meant to carry or not, they don't come in and share the load. They're like, oh, come on, just give it to me. I'll take it. You become the rescuer of that situation. And so the rescuer then, they'll take it on. They fix everything. They have the difficult conversations. They meet the needs. They become the counselor. They take every phone call at every ungodly hour. They provide finances to help alleviate the pressure from their lives. They have successfully rescued the other person from all of their problems. They become the hero, and the situation is resolved for a time. Because what happens when we do that as the rescuer? The other person didn't learn how to take responsibility. They didn't have to grow. They didn't have to trust God. They didn't have to learn to lean into God's presence because they could lean on you. They didn't have to pray and have faith and believe for anything because you just fulfilled all of their needs. So now when that, uh, that person runs into the next difficulty, have we trained them to, to run to Jesus or are they just going to run to you because it's a whole lot easier because you're actually physically present? And so while you have single-handedly avoided their emergency for them, you enabled their immaturity. And so what happens as a rescuer is it usually doesn't isolate to one relationship or one situation. <clears throat> when we take on the identity of a rescuer, a lot of times that spills out into all their areas. We rescue our coworkers from, you know, them not completing their jobs. We rescue our children. We rescue our spouses. We rescue our friends. We rescue our, the people in our connect group. We come and we rescue everyone, but then they never learn how to be responsible for their own lives. You know, how many of us moms, moms, have rescued our children unnecessarily. 
We have rescued our children when we should have been teaching them responsibility. How many of us have rescued our children with the school projects? Come on, come on. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And they were, we did a good job, didn't we, moms? We crushed those projects, let me tell you. But, so, but if we taught our children the responsibility to make sure they have ample time and all the things they need to do that project, or do they not have to be responsible because they know at 9 p.m., the night before their project is due, that you are more than willing to run to Michael's for them and get everything that they need, and you are more than willing to stay up till midnight to finish their project for them because they need their sleep for school. So what happens next time? Do they have to actually keep track of when that project's due? They need to actually like plan for it and make sure they give you ample time to go, no, 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 because you're going to rescue them at 9 p.m. the night before. God forbid we let them get a zero. That's hard. I'm being honest. It is hard. It is hard to stand by knowing you could help and rescue. But if we always rescue, we never teach them to be responsible. What if they got a zero? What if it compromised their ability to play that sport? Well, you live and you learn. And you're probably never going to do that again. Because you had to suffer the consequences of you being irresponsible. And I would venture to say that a lot of us... um, don't necessarily rescue our kids or another situation because we care so much about them. We actually care about our own reputation. If my kid doesn't do well on that or they don't look a certain way or whatever, what, how does that reflect on me as a mother or me as a parent? So we have to ask ourselves why we care so much what people think. Like, why do we care? We, we, we need to be less worried about our reputation, be more worried about teaching our children to be responsible. And a lot of times rescuers are the ones that actually could use some rescuing themselves. Because doesn't it feel good when you're a rescuer? You come in and you save the day. And you get all the glory. And, oh, my gosh, Pastor Becky, she was amazing. And she helped me and da-da-da-da. And so I get all these accolades from being the rescuer and the helper. And, oh, you can count on me. And, and I spend all my time carrying everybody else's burdens Well, I... I'm a freaking mess over here in my own life, but it's easy to hide, hide the mess when I'm so amazing over here. Like, don't we do that? This can't just be me. Like, we can hide as the rescuer when we ourselves have not saved any time for our own rescuing that we desperately need. Connect group leaders. How many times have you rescued the same person from the same situation? How many times have you had to buy the same person a conference ticket? Making it very plain. And really, we're all in seasons of our life where we're in a time of need. We have, John and I have been there ourselves and we've shared those stories where we did everything we can do, but we needed support and we needed help from our church family and there's nothing to be ashamed of. But if you find yourself always being in a place of need and needing to be rescued, especially in the same situation over and over again, we have to ask ourselves, have we done, have we done it right? Have we actually come alongside and shoulder and said, hey, I feel like we've been here before. 
What's broken that we're still under this cycle of chaos and, 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 and still in a place of brokenness and crushing? Like, let me help you. Let's disciple you through this. Let me teach you what the Bible says about tithing and being generous, and then he shall supply all your needs. Let's, let's talk about this cycle so we can actually train people up to be mature believers so that they can go help somebody else instead of always needing always need to be the one that needs help. We need to give people wisdom to shoulder, to come alongside so we can break these unhealthy cycles in their lives. And so I'm not talking about like, you know, you pick up the dropped ball every once in a while. Like there's, that's not, that's not a bad thing necessarily. But when you become the, the habitual ball carrier for everyone all the time, that's when it becomes a problem. That it's not our role and we need to stop playing God and rescuing everyone. And so now I'm going to tell you what, what actually now how this plays out, the rescuer. So the rescuer will eventually become a victim, and then they will then persecute the one that they were rescuing. Because you cannot sustain carrying everyone else's burdens for a prolonged period of time and taking on everyone else's responsibility on yourself. Because, because again, God's not going to give you grace for it. He's not going to give you strength for it. He will not sustain you in this ungodly behavior. And so, so then you eventually just get worn out. And you're tired. And now you start to get a little annoyed because you feel like people are taking advantage of your kindness and your willingness to help. How dare they? They get to go have a, a family, go to the beach. I'm here doing their job. And you start to get angry and bitter and resentful at people because you're being weighed down by their responsibilities and they have a care for, they're carefree. Because you're getting it done. So then we start resenting and we have bitterness and we become victims. How dare you do this to me? And then we start going, we start judging, become, we, we persecute them for their laziness, for their failed behavior, for their lack of responsibility. I became this person. I was so resentful and I was so bitter because I'd been a rescuer for so long. It became my identity. And so then I'm angry and have resentment towards all these people that get to play while I'm weighed down. And so I remember bringing this issue to Pastor Mike Connell. I was telling him all about my anger and resentment. And now I felt like a victim and no one was doing their jobs and I had to do everybody's jobs. And he's like, oh, whose fault is that? I'm like, Pshaw. he's like, whose fault is it? Did they make you pick up their responsibility and drop ball? Did they force you to carry it? Or did you choose to pick it up? So how can you be angered and resentful towards them for something they never asked you to do and you willingly did? Whose fault is it? that you're worn out. And I remember when I, when I realized this revelation that I had actually done this to myself and created this unhealthy cycle, I had to walk through a healing journey because I had so much pent up resentment and bitterness towards these people that I chose to rescue. And I had to walk through this journey. I actually had to grieve the time I lost while I was rescuing everyone else. I had to grieve the time I lost as a wife, as a mom. I had to grieve the times I, I had to stay home and I let John take the kids out and make memories with them. 
I had a grief the time that I, choose, I chose to lose because I had unhealthy boundaries around what I was willing to carry and not. I then had to let go of my anger and resentment towards others because they got to live a carefree life. I was angry at other people that they got to have fun because I wasn't having any fun because I had picked up more responsibility that no one asked me to pick up. I had to repent from rescuing people and allowing this dysfunctional cycle. And I had to let go of my resentment I harbored against them. And I actually had to like forgive them for something they didn't even realize they did to me. They had no idea that I was angry and resentful. So I had to walk through this process. And once I walked through this process and forgave and let go and repented, I now had to establish new boundaries around my life that I, I realized I couldn't say yes to everyone and everything, that I had to learn to say no. I had to learn how to let balls drop. <gasps> and when you are a rescuer, when you are a helper, when you are excellent, to sit back and let other people drop balls when you know them dropping balls is actually going to negatively affect people you love. <gasps> oh, my gosh. There was nothing harder than sitting back and letting the balls hit the floor. But I could not continue to stay in this cycle of rescuing and taking off everyone, doing everyone else's job and burdens because I was overburdened. And it had to happen so they could feel the weight of the responsibility they were meant to carry. And it wasn't until the balls dropped that they actually learned that they had to be responsible for their areas. And eventually, over time, things got better. But it was difficult for that season with my new boundaries to not rescue and to let God work through that situation. It was huge. But I'm going to tell you, when you catch this revelation and you begin to understand healthy boundaries of what you're meant to shoulder and what you're not meant to carry, not everyone's going to be happy about it. Pastor Mike Connell says... The people who will, be, will most strongly react to the healthy boundaries you set are the ones who benefited from you not having them. Did you catch that? I will say it again. The people who will most strongly react to the healthy boundaries you set are the ones who benefited from you not having them. Amen? So I've been speaking a lot to the rescuers in the room because I want, I want you to release these burdens that you're not meant to carry. I want you to have peace in your life. I want you to have a manageable load so you can do the things that God has called you to do. I, I, want, I want to help the rescuers in the room to let go of that identity, to let go of the identity that you are the one that has to do it, to let go of the identity that you have to be the strong one, that you are the one that needs to step in and help everybody else. I want to help you let go of those things today because it is unbiblical to behave in that way. But I want to talk to the people just for a moment who are continually needing to be rescued. Are you in a continual state where you always need to be rescued? And you need to ask yourself why. Because it's unbiblical. We are supposed to grow up and mature in Christ. We're supposed to get to the place where we can carry our own loads, where we're strengthened to do what God has called us to do. So do you carry your fair share when you ask for help? Are you putting in as much effort 
as the other people around you are putting in for your burden. Having walked through other situations, have you grown? Have you matured? Have you strengthened yourself in the Lord? Are you wiser? Are you stronger? Have you grown in your capacity so that when the next hardship comes, it doesn't overtake you? Or do you find yourself still completely relying on others? Just as it's unbiblical for people to come in and rescue you, it's unbiblical for you to stay this way. Yes. And it's time, it's time for us to grow up. It's time for us to grow up. And we want you to grow up because you're going to flourish. You're going to live an amazing life. We don't, we don't want you to struggle. And we need to grow up because here's the thing. The rescuers are wising up. I mean, we have to. These behaviors are not godly. These are truth bombs. It's not, it's not godly to do this. Colossians 1, 9 through 10 says, and this is Paul speaking to the new believers. They just got saved, and he's so pumped. He says, for this reason, we also, since the day we heard of it, that they heard they got saved, we do not cease to pray for you and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. That is what is meant to happen when we become a believer. We turn from a baby Christian to a mature Christian. Colossians 2, 6 through 7 says, and now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down deep into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. You will overflow with thankfulness if you receive the teaching and the discipleship from people that are trying to grow you, which can feel hard, but you will be so grateful and thankful when you can stand on your own two feet and you break the cycle of needing to be rescued. You will thank people. Yet what I have found is that people who continually need to be rescued and they don't want to be taught, they don't want to grow, they just want to be rescued. They refuse to mature, to receive, to, to grow in faith and wisdom and all of these things. So the people that, that refuse to be taught but stay in a place of needing to be rescued are usually the ones that are still offended that the church didn't do enough for them. It's amazing. It's amazing. You stay immature and you're offended that the church didn't do everything for you. And so this is what happens. It is, they have an ungodly and unrealistic expectation of what the church's job is meant to do. The church's job was never meant to fully carry you and to fix all your problems. We're meant to partner with you, to mature you and disciple you, to shoulder with you things so that you can eventually carry your own load. We want the most beautiful life for you. So we want you to be so empowered, so strong and courageous. But you have to want that more for yourself than we want it for you. And I know I mentioned this, and I, and I want to I speak into this just for a moment. Because a lot of times people are offended, and, and they, I hear this a lot, that the church hurt you. People come in and like, the church hurt me. 
And before I explain myself, just stick with me. I really, I don't want to hear that. Because it's not true. I, I, I think we need to stop saying that. Because who's the church? Everyone. The church is the global church. All of us. All believers are the church. So when we actually defame Christ's bride by saying, the church hurt me, it is an untrue statement. The church did not hurt you. A person that may have attended that church hurt you, and they, and they shouldn't have, but it's going to happen because people are messy and people do bad things, and no one's perfect. But the collective global church did not hurt you. We taint. We're out there tainting the name of Jesus, tainting the bride of Christ when we say the church hurt us. And it's amazing how the enemy uses this because when you declare and claim that the global church hurt you, guess what? It becomes the big bad church that you have to protect yourself from because eventually they're going to hurt you. You build up walls. And you're not able to be vulnerable. You're not able to have real relationships with people because you're waiting for the big bad church to hurt you. And so then you come into church with these legitimate woundings from a person that hurts you, but you blame the church. So then you won't let anyone in the church in. And then usually people come in with church hurt, and then we're trying to help you. We're try- we see that you're bitter. We see that you're broken. We see that you've been wounded, but you won't let us in because you've built up walls against the big bad church. And then you hear people say that come in this way, oh, well, you guys aren't, you're not caring for me and loving me and accepting me. And I'm like, you didn't even give us a chance. You rejected us before you got here because you thought we were going to victimize you. And so why am I talking about this? Because so many people have woundings from people. And we cannot globalize it. We have to deal with that individual hurt. We have to deal with the wounds and the pains that were done to us. We have to release and forgive so that we can be free. So that we can trust again. To be actually a part of the community, the body of Christ without paranoia, without suspicion. It's no way to live. I'm sorry that you were hurt. And I pray you get healing. I pray you can release forgiveness so you don't have to be tormented anymore. But please stop defaming the bride of Christ because a person hurt you. Amen. Amen. So we need to discern as believers when it's time to help shoulder a load that's crushing or when it's their responsibility to carry. We need to discern if we've been carrying and partnering with someone too long and carrying the load for too long, being overburdened by it. We need to discern if that person has bowed out and left their post and put it all onto our shoulders. We have to discern if we've identified with the rescuer and are in an ungodly pattern. 
But I think one of the biggest things we need to do to not be overburdened and weighed down by the cares of this world is to understand what is our burden and then what is God's. What is God supposed to carry? Because I think, I think Pastor Leanne said it so brilliantly in one of our messages recently where she said, we need to know, we need to understand when it's a daddy job. Because when it's a daddy job, his kids aren't supposed to try to fix it. Because it's a daddy job, and only daddy can fix that. But when we try to fix things and solve things and carry things that are outside of our control or the responsibilities that God has given us, we will always be consumed with anxiety and worry and restlessness because we will never be able to fix it because it's a daddy job. So of course that's gonna make us anxious. We have to understand when it's a daddy job. What is within your control? What has God given you to do? What is your part and what is his part? We need to let God be God. He's really good at it. He's so good at it. You know, Matthew 6, 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow is a daddy job. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Tomorrow is out of our control. Yet we let it trouble us. We're robbed of the joy and the peace of today because we're troubled about tomorrow. That's a daddy job. It's out of our control. So Psalm, or sorry, Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it's one of my all-time most repeated verses. (laughs) Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So the solution for our anxiety and our worries and our lack of peace is to bring it to Jesus in prayer. But then the Bible says when we bring it to Jesus in prayer, we should have supernatural peace. So when we bring our troubles to Jesus and our burdens and our worries to Jesus, the receipt of our prayer should be peace. And we have to ask ourselves if after we give our burdens to the Lord, after we cast our cares upon him, are we still carrying it? Because if we're still carrying it, we may have a trust issue with our father. Because if we trusted him with our worries and our burdens that God says we can, why are we, why are we still worried? We may have a trust issue with the Lord if we continue to worry after we pray. Psalm 9, 9 through 10 says, The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in the times of trouble. Those who know, those who know God, trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. When you really know him, when you really know him, and you know his promises, you know what his word says, you can trust him wholeheartedly. 
because you know he's good and he's gonna take care of the daddy job. I really believe that the level of peace we have in our own lives is directly related to how much we trust in God. So what's our job and what's his job? What's in our control and what's out of our control? Our job is to trust and obey. And then it's God's job to fulfill his promises and bless us for our obedience. It's our job to pray and believe in faith for the impossible. Yet it's him who brings the miracle. We are supposed to put works and actions to our faith. That's our part. But then he does his part. We are faithful with what's in our hands. Yet it's him who brings the promotion. We parent our children to the best of our ability. But the, their futures are not in our hands. They're in God's hands. Our kids are in God's hands. We can provide wisdom and counsel, yet we cannot make people's decisions for them. We disciple and correct, but we cannot control people. We bring our tithes and offerings, and then God brings the multiplication and increase. We, we make disciples, but God does the saving. We speak the truth, but God sets people free. We pray for justice, but it's God who brings it. Oh, this is a big one. There is so much justice that needs to be had in the earth. And we need to pray. And we need to act where God has asked us to act. But we have to let God bring the justice. We are not the justice bringers. We engage in the battle of good versus evil, but he wins the war. We prepare for the day of battle, but deliverance is from the Lord. Psalm 55, 22, cast your burdens on the Lord and he shall sustain you. Wow. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. So what have you been carrying that you need to cast onto the Lord? What have you been carrying and worried about and anxious about and losing sleep over that you need to give over to God because it's a daddy job. I'd love if everyone would just stand to their feet. I would love if everyone would just put one of their hands just out in front of them and close their eyes. What is that thing that's been worrying you, that's been troubling you, that you're burdened by? Whether it's a situation, a conversation, a, a person, a need, a hope. What have you been worried about? And as that thing comes to mind, can you just picture you placing that into the palm of your hand? Put that person there, that situation, that need, place it in the palm of your hand. Look at the palm of your hand and I want you to repeat after me. This is too big for me to carry. 
I recognize that it's a daddy job. So today, I give it to you. I cast my cares upon you and I trust you to bring resolution, to bring healing, to bring health, to bring provision to this situation. Now everyone just just lift it up. Just give it to God. Lord, we release these things to you today. God, we trust you. We remind ourselves today that you've got it. He's got it. God's got it. Come on, God's got it. He's got it. God, thank you for taking it. Lord, help us not pick it back up. We release it to you and we can fully trust you because you are good and you are faithful and you are gonna see it through. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Let's just give God a shout of praise and thank him for who he is how much he loves us, how much he cares for us. And I want to also pray for those who even realize today, like, wow, I've, I've been carrying burdens I'm not meant to carry. I'm out of alignment. And you're realizing you've identified at some point in your life as the rescuer. If that's you, I'd just love to pray over you. So if that's you, we just lift your hand up. Let's resolve that today between you and God. God, I thank you for these ones. God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for helping us today realize, God, that we don't have to be the rescuer. God, you are the rescuer. You are the savior. Lord, I pray you would give us wisdom and discernment to know when we're supposed to shoulder and when we're supposed to let go. God, help us know when we need to step in or when we need to just take care of our responsibilities. I break the agreement with the strong one. I break the agreement with the one that has to rescue. I break agreement with the lie that it has to be you, that the weight of the world is on your shoulders. We declare that those lies and that agreement with being the strong one is broken over their lives in Jesus' name. God, give us wisdom as we move forward, as wisdom when we help come alongside our brothers and sisters in Christ. Help us not to rescue, but to partner, to give wisdom and discipleship and help grow people and mature people. God, we thank you for the reminder today that we don't have to be weighed down by these things. God, we give this over to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again 
God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.